Magazines and Monsters bonus episode. Super blog team up goes to hell. Bryce, how do you spend Halloween? Well, I guess I spend it like uh, most other parents in uh, the United States. I stand by the door with a large sack full of jelly beans and candy ready to get rid of the kids by trick-or-treat. Well, you're described as a very fine actor, yet you ham it up a lot in horror pictures. Well, I, I don't think that's so bad. As a matter of fact, most of the horror pictures I've made have been based on the writings of one of the greatest American writers, Edgar Allan Poe. And uh, they are, shall we say, Baroque. I wouldn't quite say they were hammy. Uh, now that you're in Toronto, do you find anything particularly scary here? In Toronto? Just the traffic. That's scary all over the world. Of course, I come from Los Angeles where we invented it, so I don't know why I should be scared by Toronto traffic. Except there's something pretty frightening about that way in from the airport. Well, you played in a lot of horror films. Uh, does playing the role of a vampire or werewolf bother you in real life? Well, not at all. I don't think uh, that anybody else has shorter teeth than I do, do you? They're wearing them long this year. Hey everybody, Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here, back with another recording for the show. And this is a super blog team-up special. And it's been a little while. I uh, kind of passed on the last couple because they were uh, too crazy for me. And then I also had so much crap going on, it just wasn't possible. But I could not pass up a horror Halloween-themed uh, episode of uh, Super Blog Team-Up here, an entry into that. And uh, I had to have the uh, brains behind Super Blog Team-Up to join me on the show. How are you, Chris? Oh my goodness! Brains behind the operation—that—that is—that uh, is an outstanding <laughs> intro, sir. <laughs> I, I'm frightened. If my if my brain controls anything, that's terrifying on another level. But you're right, mm -hmm. exactly. So this is Super Blog Team Up. The event this time is Super Blog Team Up goes to hell, and indeed we do. And boy, do we got a start for us tonight here, Billy. Marvel spotlight on the Son of Satan, and boy, I can't wait. Yeah, so the only time I've been able to talk about Son of Satan was at least, I think, two years ago, if not more at this point. Uh, Herman, I covered uh, Ghost Rider number one on the show, and that's mm. sort of the first appearance of Damon Hellstrom. It's a, it's a little bit of a cameo. You know, you don't see him. He's just in like a, a suit, you know, and I don't mean like a superhero suit. I mean, just like, you know, a, a three piece suit or whatever. He's not like, you know, you really don't get much on him in that one. And then. Uh, Ghost Rider 2, technically, you kind of see him in all his glory, but the very next appearance is right here in Marvel Spotlight number 12. And, now, yeah, this for, is good stuff, but we're going to have uh, some fun uh, <laughs> with this one. <laughs> for, for fans for fans of the character, it's curious. So uh, Marvel Spotlight was a series of... Um, I guess it didn't focus on one individual character. So you had, you know, Werewolf by Night. You had a cast of other folks who were mm -hmm. spotlighted in these books. And that's exactly the intention, to give a character who's either A, starting out, who needs some traction, who they just want to reintroduce to the people under the Marvel Spotlight banner. So it's an easy, you know, three or four issues to introduce a brand new character to the audience or even one that just needed a little bit of a lift. And right here, it's Son of Satan. And boy, if you grew up in the 80s during the satanic panic, you know <laughs> that, a, that a comic such as this would have caused controversy and got your got your mother to uh, to burn these in a dumpster in front of the bookstore. I don't know. But uh, boy, <laughs> Marvel Spotlight. And, and what's curious about this, and I'll, and I'll start this by saying that 
there's two issues we're going to cover here. So if you're following along with us, uh, for our valuable listeners here, uh, mm-hmm. we're talking about Marvel Spotlight issues number 12 and 13, which is the basically the origin of Damon Hellstrom. And uh, mm-hmm. if I read this correctly, Billy, this seems to have been written backwards because this one here, number 12, starts and we're out of the gate and we're right into the action. But they call this the ominous origin issue. <laughs> the only thing that I, the only problem that I have with that is that 13 is the origin issue. So mm-hmm. I don't know if we, uh, if we messed around, if the cover artist wasn't syncing up with the art or whatever the heck was happening. But uh, this was not, number 12 was not exactly the origin issue. We'd have to wait for 13 to figure that one out. But uh, boy, why, we got a lot to talk about here. And where do you want to start, my friend? Yeah, this this one's ominous for other reasons, which we'll we'll get into. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, this is a Marvel Spotlight twelve and thirteen we're going to be covering here, and this is a, you know amidst uh, the craziness of nineteen seventy three, and uh, you know like you were saying about the, the Satan kind of stuff, like this was this was in vogue, you know, all this crazy horror stuff and Satan stuff oh, yeah. in the seventies was a big deal. But yeah, if my mom would have saw these when I was a kid, I would have been in big big trouble. <laughs> we'll 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 get into this a little bit later but i was a I, i'm what i like to call a want to want to be dungeons and dragons player so i played several times but could never ever make a commitment enough with my friends to to get parties going and you know different things that a lot of people celebrate to this day so you know i'm sort of one of these guys who enjoys playing and enjoyed playing a few times back growing up but uh really never had the opportunity to get really going but when you combine that with rock and roll or metal albums in the eighties, my goodness, I was a recipe for Satan back then, Billy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I... He was waiting on the doorstep for me, my friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, these, like we said, these these two issues, uh, you know, they're they're interesting and they're fun in a lot of ways. And there's a couple of things we're gonna nitpick here too, but not to you know you know show our hand too early. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, what do you think of this cover here for number 12? This is a, a Herb Trimpey and then a little bit of, you know, uh, face uh, reworks maybe by, you know, somebody like uh, you know, John Romita or Mike Esposito. Somebody like that maybe tooled around with some of the faces. But what do you think of this cover? OK, so if we're describing the, the cover, it's, it's your it's your classic Marvel thing. So right across the top, we got a nice red slick banner that says Marvel Comics Group, you know, in, you know, behind a red red banner beautiful bright white then we got marvel spotlight and then they have an absolutely fantastic logo for son of satan mm-hmm. they've got the corner box one of the most rare corner boxes so if you're a fan of marvel corner box and celebrating the corner box history uh this son of satan one doesn't really stick out as one that i see from time to time but it's pretty cool you see him with his uh with his trident basically stood up there and you know he's got a little bl- uh, green circle around him and he's headed towards us but the cover itself, wow, we got a lot of action going on here. So you get to see uh, Damon Hellstrom, and he is on a flaming chariot. There's three horses that are literally on fire in front of them. And he is saying, you rose against me, all of you, but now you'll pay. And there's all kinds of humans on the side of the chariot as it rises from the ground. And there's humans running away. And they say, stop him. He ain't human. And then it says, from hell he came. So, boy, this one is like balls to the face immediately. <laughs> yeah, I love how on the far left side by the spine, there's just some random dude looking over your shoulder like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like, I don't know if he's, oh, he's reefed or what. Yeah, he's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> it's another one of those Satan guys. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, and it's, he must, it is. He must listen to the kiss. Yeah. he. Well, you know what's funny, too, is they truly, really try to put this out here on the cover, and then even a little bit on the inside, too, that, I don't know, he's not good. He doesn't seem like he's good or evil. He's kind of like somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah, and it gets kind of weird. I mean, mm. he is exactly what you say he is. He is actually the son of Satan. And listen, depending on your religious affiliations, and that's not what we're here to talk about today, but this is definitely Christianity-based. And Satan is, you know, the the evil um, to, you know, the, the Jesus Christ figure. You know what I mean? So he is the mm-hmm. guy who lives in the depths of hell. And this is his son. And curiously, he's not all about what Satan's all about, Billy. He's actually... Right in the middle. So, you know, he's got some very shady, I would say, uh, you know, belief system because based on his childhood, which we'll get into a little bit later, but uh, he doesn't think his father is on the up and up and uh, he's going to he's going to blaze his own trail, we'll say, I think is the best the best word. Here. <laughs> yeah, and I will say speaking of blazing trails. Oh, boy. Gary mm. Friedrich and Herb Trimpey are our creative team. <laughs> Yeah, there was Frank Chiaramonte on inks, Marie Severin colors, and John Costanza letters on the inside here, too. But yeah, I will I will admit something here, too, that struck me as a little odd. So, you know, it's the mid-70s, but uh, Damon here is showing more skin than the uh, lady he has his arm around, which is kind of interesting. Hey, listen, if I was that buff, <laughs> as buff as Damon Hellstrom, I would go to work bare-chested. <laughs> That's what I'm telling mm-hmm. you, so he's got sort of a if you want to understand his look so he's a he's a blonde haired character now his the front of his hair it's parted in the middle and instead of the robin you know the little tiny wisps on the front he's got them pointing up like horns and he's got this giant red cape now he's bare chested and of course right in the middle of his uh his uh, chest is a satanic circle with the star now mm-hmm. the rest of his the rest of his costume i'll say aside from the red cape he looks like Hulk Hogan, circa WCW. He's got the long red pants and he's got the, you know, the yellow boots and the belt, right? He looks like he's ready for some some WWE action right here, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could come. He, can you imagine him coming out for the Royal Rumble? <laughs> <laughs> the countdown's hey, on. Here he comes. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's one of those gimmicks that, you know, the Attitude Era may have uh, may have taken over. I would say it'd be questionable in 2022. That's all I'll tell you. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're not kidding. So yeah, so yeah, cool cover. I like the cover for sure. You know, no, no real complaints about that. But uh, all right. So oh boy, yeah. When you flip that page open and you look at page Whoop. one here, so you know, <laughs> you know, we talked off Mike for just a minute before we started here, and uh, I do like Herb Trimpey. I like his Hulk. Me too. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he had done that I I did like. There's a, there's a couple of ancillary things issue here or there that I do like of his, uh, but. Uh, this this is not great. And I don't know if you want to throw him and uh, Frank Chiaramonte under the bus here or maybe just, you know, this just isn't for him. Uh, you know, I don't know, but it's it's not great. Here, here's what I'll say. So if, if we're really being honest about the artwork here, Herb Trimpey, like you said, some of his best work was probably on Incredible Hulk. Uh, I grew up with him on G.I. Joe. So, you know, the early few issues mm-hmm. Joe was, you know, had the had the Herb Trimpey and he was really, really good in that. You know what I mean? I think that fit his groove. Mm-hmm. Right here, he's doing some supernatural stuff, and I don't think his strength is faces. 
I think the things that really fall apart in a lot of these panels is that he doesn't really connect facially with a lot of the characters. Very, very inconsistent from panel to panel. You get some of the ancillary characters that are in the background that have like very, very, like I would say, preschool detail added to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now, there is some good stuff in here. So, you know, I was mm-hmm. wondering, are some of these panels referenced? And then some not, because uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on here altogether when it comes to consistency in, in the entire work. And I think that's the the downfall of everything that we see here out of this out of this work. And that's that's yeah. where we'll start, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So this is basically coming right in off of Ghost Rider number two. So, you know, yep. Damon, uh, son of Satan here had been, uh, you know, chained up and these two Native American dudes, uh, they help him out and they're like, hey, we'll help free you. So they help free him. And he repays them by kind of slapping them around because they don't know <laughs> where uh, a young lady is that he's looking for. Because he's looking for a uh, ghost rider and a uh, witch woman. And they're just like, hey, man, we don't know where he's at, you know, where they're at. And uh, they're also then uh, trying to he's trying to get to point in the direction of uh, Roxanne Simpson as well. Uh, Johnny's uh, girlfriend there. Right. That's right. So they've gone missing. So just a little bit of context. So they've been captured by Satan himself. Well, a little bit mm-hmm. of a spoiler. And Damon is on the hunt. He wants to find out who these people are or where they are. So, you know, is his intention to free them? All we know is that he's hunting down this girl, Roxanne, and, of course, Johnny Blaze, which we, you know, we really don't know all about unless you've read the Ghost Rider issue, which I think is another failing of this this issue. They don't do a really good job of recapping what went on in the, the Ghost Rider issue. But, you know, there's some little blurbs that tell you which books to read. So I guess that's up to us to go back to the racks and find that out. What do you think? Yeah, on page five, they they just do like three panels at the very bottom of page five, where it shows even as far back as Ghost Rider number one, where uh, Linda Little Trees, they were on like a a reservation. And Damon in Ghost Rider one uh, was called to come out and see her by her. I'm not sure if it's her dad or her uncle, uh, Sam there. And uh, because she was acting all kind of like, you know, Linda Blair here, like exorcist. So they called him up because they saw an advertisement for, you know, uh, an exorcist type character. And it was him. And I don't know if they saw it, like a newspaper or something. And he came out and, you know, before he could actually get there, you know, she broke her bonds and took off. So there's just three little panels that kind of tell you about that. But like you said, it doesn't really go into Ghost Rider number two at all right there. No. And not only that, we spend six entire pages of him, like basically bullying and, you know, threatening. Yeah. To two two Native Americans on the reserve, you know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. uh, he's getting really into, you know, he's threatening them with his elemental trident and he's summoning winds and rain and thunderstorms. Boy, you talk about really, you know, getting aggressive with these guys, throwing them to the ground. Do we not get to the point where we can just go up to somebody and just ask them, hey, have you seen these people? No problem. Take care. he summons hell on earth itself he's summoning the storms the moon the winds my god damon hellstrom yeah and i will say you know i'll I'll call out some nice artwork here so page eight you know when he waves his crazy trident around and brings his horses and chariot to carry him to where he needs to go that is fantastic right so you get the foreground, you get some, you get the two guys who he was bullying in the foreground and they have their hand to the head. They can't believe what they're seeing. And then just on a mountaintop, you've got Damon Hellstrom back on with a large flowing cape and he's got his trident pointed to the sky. And boy, 
what an image. You get three crazy flaming, I guess they were horses with a chariot in tow. And it just says the demon, you know, he summons the spawn wraith. It is the demon drawn chariot of Satan appears. And man, it is magical looking. This is one of the, the few pages in this thing where I would love to own the original art to this. It's, it's fantastic. Really cool. Yeah, really, really cool. And then you get to the next page and it's not so great. But <laughs> talk, talk about the language. That's Oof. another thing. So a lot of the language is, is really, really dated. Do you want to uh, do, you, do you want to hit it up here on the beginning of page nine? Well, yeah, Damon. I mean, Damon's not too, too bad. He's very like arrogant speaking and stuff like that. You know, the two Native American guys, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say <laughs> You know, it's uh, flattering or anything like that. The artwork or some of the dialogue here. And again, I no offense to Gary Friedrich. He wrote some Ghost Rider issues that I have, and they're fantastic. But this just, just, this was not great, right? The, the dialogue, he just goes like, Now, fools, I take my leave, but remember what you've seen this night, and I live in mortal fear of my return. Should I find you deceive me? Now, away, my steeds, away. And then all of a sudden, a vortex of wind summons him up. But man, is he trying to... Uh, I don't think he's trying to do much justice to our Native American friends here. What do you think? Because one of them looks like a really ugly Jack Kirby woman. Oof, yeah, that panel in the middle of page nine there is not great. Uh, the now, other guy blame, is okay, you but blame, that one... Would you blame that on the inker, or would you blame that on the artist? If you looked at the hair, this is something like, you know, a kid would draw on his, uh, you know, the liners of his exercise book in school or something. It's yeah, really... That, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we can throw Frank under the bus there for that one or whatever, because that looks terrible. Now, you get to the bottom panels and the one on the right, which is supposed to be that same guy because the hair's blue. That looks much better. I mean, it's not great, yeah. but it looks much better than that middle panel. Whoa, it is. Uh, yep, it's rough ski. But you know, listen, yep. it, it, the, now this is another part. So when we go from page, um, you know, nine to 11, because we were oh, skipping. Boy. Yep. <laughs> It gets, I will say it gets a little better. This looks like something out of a, almost like a new universe comic book or something here at this point, because you know, mm -hmm. you're getting some, well, basically bikers. So in the middle of a, you know, the remote desert, you get to see, <laughs> you know, Roxanne Simpson and she's left to the mercy of, I, I guess this motorcycle gang. And you get what I, I would compare to, uh, if you ever read G.I. Joe, it looks like <laughs> Zartan's dreadnoughts on the bike and boy, they're. <laughs> Coming in, and of course, this is the this is the seventies. So you know, they they want to have a chat with this uh, this this poor lady who's laying on the side of the road, and you know they're not interested in in helping her out. They're trying to help her out in different ways, Billy. Wow, yeah. So their dialogue here is fantastic. <laughs> um, so all right, <clears throat> here's uh, the 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 head uh, uh, biker. Uh, what the heck is his name? Oh crap! I I just had it there a second ago and I lost it. Um. His name is Big. Uh, nope, not Big Daddy. Animal. Animal. No, no, no. I think it is the Big Daddy. I think Big Daddy's the leader, and Animal's the other guy. <laughs> and Crusher Crowder, and then <clears throat> numerous unnamed others. <laughs> yes. So this is this is Big Daddy's dialogue. He's on his chopper here, and he says, "I don't know how they've done it, Big Daddy." Oh, I'm sorry. No, he. That must be the other guy. Then you must be right. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is animal. <laughs> I don't know how they've done it, Big Daddy, but at least they left this little honey behind. <laughs> and I don't dig an animal. If I can't have Blaze, 
Guess I'll have to settle for his mama. <laughs> now all you now all you dudes keep your paws off because she's strictly private property. My <laughs> private property since her He-Man done went and split on her. <laughs> no, stay away from me, Johnny. We'll kill you, Johnny. We'll kill you if you touch me. <laughs> Dream That's on, right. lady. He split with another chick, so why not just turn on to me? <laughs> <laughs> not exactly subtle. Not exactly oh. subtle. Oh, my gosh. And this what? guy, he's ugly as sin, too. It's like he, he, he has his he has speaking of wrestlers. He has a Hulk Hogan hairdo where he's all bald on top and he's got some in the back and he's all ripped, too. He's got the horse. Yeah, he does. He does. He, he has the exact Hulk Hogan physique from the 1980s. And he's got that that horseshoe haircut with the long flowing, you know, locks in the back, but nothing on the top of the dome. But just as he's about to close the deal with this lady, we get a we get a giant flame appear. Zack. And then someone 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 says, touch the girl and I swear you will die. And of course. It's the son of Satan himself. My God, he's here to protect the girl. Could he possibly be a good guy, Billy? Mm, well, Animal thinks, what the devil's going on? Lightning on a clear night? Nutty voices from out of nowhere? If this is some more of your cheap tricks, Blaze, they ain't gonna, hey, who are you? And here we have what looks like Dracula. <laughs> Page 12. Yeah, it is. Exactly. So listen, I... I feel that Herb Trimpey had a few editions of uh, Tomb of Dracula here because this one looks like it's completely ripped off some Gene Colan stuff here. You know, you got Damon Hellstrom. He's buried in fire and he's got the robe covering him up. And he says, who I am is of no concern of yours. I only wish to question the girl. And boy, <laughs> he, he he sets the uh, he sets this biker gang back and, you know. He just thinks this guy, like the bikers just look at this guy and all they see is just this costume loon. So they're they're not impressed. They're they're ready for some gang violence. Yeah, they start closing in on him. And he says, I warn you, stand back and allow me to speak with her and you won't be harmed. And the one biker says, hear that boss. He's got a tattoo and he thinks he's going to hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, man, that's fantastic. So uh, he, he literally makes quick work of the bikers here. He throws some of them around and then Animal pulls his heater uh, and tries to uh, shoot him. But he throws his crazy trident at him and knocks it out of his hand and, and melts it with his heat powers here. And, yeah, it doesn't take long for him to then uh, start talking to Roxanne. And at first, like on page 12 here, I'm sorry, not page 12, page 17, he's very like, oh, hey, and he's got his hand on her head like, Hey, what's going on? You know, blah, 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 blah. And when she's just like, I don't know, he grabs her, starts pulling her hair. Man, this, and it's really rough looking too. Like it's yeah. not, he's got like possessed in his eyes. And when they see the face of Roxanne and she's looking up at, at Damon, I mean, she's terrified. Her eyes are wide. They have like the tears flowing and she is super scared. And Hellstrom is not having none of it. He's he's taking this lady to the cleaners here. He's he's not interested in uh, you know societal rules. We'll say he's uh, he's only out for one thing. He wants to know where Daddy is. Yeah, and that panel in the middle there on the bottom of page seventeen is funny. It almost looks like she almost looks like a little bit like Miss Piggy, and then it almost looks like she has a giant like brown sombrero on. <laughs> it does. <laughs> this this these set of panels right here along the bottom. I would have sworn if someone gave me these, I would have sworn this was Steve Ditko. 
The way yes. the lace is drawn on the side, the way her face is in the front, and just the way he's cast with like the elongated face and the and the way he Ditko captures eyes. It's very, very, very Ditko-esque. Yeah, totally agree with that. I didn't even think of that until you just said it, but yeah, absolutely. Especially like you said, the two faces on the two panels to the right. Oh, absolutely. That looks like Ditko. And and the anatomy is so up and down, like all over the place. Like the hands are strangely at a place. Like, take a look at, I would say, the middle panel. So it's Damon Hellstrom, and he's got his hand on top of the girl's head, and his hand is gigantic. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he, could, he could take her head like a basketball in his hand. The hand is just so out of proportion with the rest of the panel. And, and the other one, so it looks like he's about to comfort her. So, you know, poor Roxanne is, you know, she's after taking a little bit of a beating from the bikers. And Damon looks like he's going to just pat her on the back and do the little, there, there. You know, I'm here now, young lady. But the way he's drawn is just so crazy. Like, he goes from a very fit and athletic-looking person to this bulking giant. And it's really, really... <laughs> Crazily off-putting. And man, does this guy have a set of areolas. Man. <laughs> he, he sure does. <laughs> they look like uh, baloney nips there. <laughs> but it's funny. As soon as she just mentions the name Witch Woman, and right away, Damon's like, oh, okay, I get it. That's uh, like almost like one of the aliases my father uses when he possesses people. So I know where they've gone. So guess where the son of Satan's going? <laughs> he got he going to hell <laughs> just like yep. oh listen here is a what a better time to talk about what super blog team up is all about <laughs> it's super blog team up goes to hell and right now what a beautiful segue is damon hellstrom goes straight to hell <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with herb trimpy mm-hmm. and i mean yeah like page 18 where it sees him kind of like going down to hell which is weird he's in like the arizona desert and I guess like there are passageways to hell all over the planet because he just walks along some path like along the Mesa. And the next thing you know, he starts walking down to a gateway to hell. I'm like, where yeah, are they there, all there, over the place? There's there's no summoning like there's no moving of rocks in a secret passage. Nope. He's sort of just walking along Arizona and mm-hmm. he ends up in hell. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, what they're trying to say here. I don't know. Yeah. The caption box reads soon. He finds it a huge smoldering cavern which seemingly leads to the very bowels of the earth the gateway to hell i'm like seemingly no it does not seemingly it does <laughs> and, and, and let's describe hell so okay so he's in the desert mm. it's in the nighttime so you know everything has like a bluish cast but when he gets inside hell he looks like he has to walk downhill significantly so we get the opinion or we get the impression that he really has to go down towards the core of the earth. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything is smoldering. There's like volcanic, uh, I, I guess, little eruptions in the ground where smoke is coming from, you know, have a lot of things. you got demons. you got people chained to uh, big poles or trees or stalactites or something. I don't know what they are. And everybody uh-huh. is in pain and agony. And, of course, who does he run into but old daddy himself, the Satan. <laughs> Yeah, and Satan um, on page 18, <laughs> 18 there, the, the the visual where he's, you know, facing, you know, the reader, it, it looks okay. It's fairly generic, but it looks okay. But then the next panel to the right, he has like a full-on human face, which he doesn't in the panel on the left when he's looking right at the reader. And this is this is where the artwork starts to fall apart. So, yeah, so Satan is inconsistent. So he looks just like a... 
um, what would I say? Almost like a a parademon. If you're familiar with yeah. DC Comics, like like one of uh, one of Darkseid's parademons, just something with like some horns. It's all red. Actually, it looks like Human Torch. Early mm-hmm. versions of Human Torch, where the character is all red. It seems to have some wings in the background. Would I be right to saying in that bit? Mm-hmm. Yep. Some sort of wings. And the way they, I guess, mark the the impression of the devil is that they just use a series of straight lines, just lines to dictate, I guess, detail on the body. I guess that's how to use shading and, you know, give the impression that this thing is physically on fire. Mm-hmm. So you're only seeing like the image or the silhouette of the character underneath all these flames. And let me tell you something, page 21, this is not, this is the fourth version of Damon Hellstrom we've seen. Like, is he, his, is he shape-shifting along the way? Because now he looks like a skinny, very super emaciated version of the bodybuilder guy with the huge areolas we just saw in the desert. So, you know, something's going on. This is some sort of weight loss program, maybe mental deterioration or dehydration, I should say, is going on here. Something has happened to poor Damon because, boy, he lost a stack of weight. Yeah, well, first thing, on page 18 there, when it shows Satan looking right at the reader, there's some cross-hatching on his Johnson. So, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they really want want to make that thing bulge. They really want to just... You know he's got a uh, you know a prominent uh, prominent area going on there for sure. Now I think I'm well, I think I'm, I think I'm going to become an artist and I'm going to like you know uh, trademark that. That's going to be called crotch hatching, not cross hatching. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, page twenty one. To look at him, he he looks like Archie in like a Halloween costume on page twenty one. <laughs> he's looking for Betty and Veronica. Well, he yeah. hasn't found them. No, he's found Johnny Blaze and his girl. <laughs> mm, yeah i don't get it i do like satan's uh little uh wand there where it looks like a almost like a magician's wand but what like something twirled around it and then a little skull on the end of it <laughs> it looks like something that the you'd find at a dollar store for halloween or something like really, <laughs> yeah. really like almost like a, <laughs> like a skeletor staff without the you know mm. the whole, that's that's what it looks like now look at the devil here like this mm-hmm. is the third version of him here so we yeah. went from the parademon look then we went to some sort of weird, the flames almost looked like hair in the next panel. Now he looks straight up like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Straight Cross up. Cross hatching he, everywhere. Cross hatching all over the place. This guy's completely invoked. And let me tell you something, Damon is going right after his father. And he's 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 giving him what for. You can tell that, you know, father and son do not see eye to eye. And he came right to the very pits of hell to face his father and hopefully free Johnny Blaze. And his chick, who he was looking for the entire time, and all he had to do was literally go down to hell. Was was there any big mystery here where these folks were being held? Yeah, really, right. <laughs> well, then so, on top of so, that too, we so he to had mention. to harass two Native Americans. He had to yeah. summon the the skies, the seas, and everything he could possibly do. He had to destroy a biker gang, and then he just sort of goes, "Hey, wait, I'm in Arizona. Here's the path to hell. I'll go get them back." But it makes no sense. I mean, some Arizonians might agree with you. Hell might be Arizona because it's just so hot there all the time. But, uh, you know, I do. I did forget to mention, too, the crazy. uh, Well, we'll get into the into it in the next issue, because the next issue is really his origin. Not like this one. They lied. But he does. He does make mention here on page 21 how his uh, trident is made of netheranium, the one substance that can sap your powers. Yes, Satan, it could, it no, keep that thing away. <laughs> no, say I can just hear Satan now. No, keep that thing away from me. What? 
<laughs> I know. Oh like, my god! Like he, imme- he immediately backs off. So mm-hmm. you know, his fight with the devil is he literally sticks the trident at him, and Satan runs. And he sends his hordes after him. No, don't hit me with that. And he literally flees. That is his entire battle between Damon and his father. Can mm-hmm. you believe that? Yeah, it's crazy. But OK, you go to page 22. I like this page. You know, it's it's like a, a two thirds, one third uh, split here, but not horizontal vertical. And we get, you know, these crazy demons, you know, trying to attack Damon here. And his face looks a little wonky on the right hand side there, but I can forgive it because he has a yeah, six pack. I mean, yeah. The anatomy yeah. looks great. He, yeah, he's he got six pack his, going on here. Yeah, yeah, you can see his lats, his abs, like his uh, quads. He's he's been hitting gym day. He hasn't been skipping out on leg day or anything else. <laughs> From panel to panel, he gets buffer and bigger because this is not the guy who we saw on the first panel of page twenty one. I'll tell you that the emaciated skinny kid. <laughs> nope, he's all jiggity jacked and fanny packed right here, my friend. Mm-hmm. You bet it. And then all the demons are ripped too, by the way. They all hit the gym as well. You know, they're yeah, doing their supplements. Doing to work out. <laughs> yep, they're doing they're hitting the supplements. They're they're hitting every every piece of equipment at the the the, the satanic gym or <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's called. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sure somewhere that they're all on IcoPro. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. them on it. <laughs> there's just there's just a straight line of like a thousand Pelotons and they're all on them every day. <laughs> <laughs> we are in no way saying that Peloton is a, you know, a bad product just for clarity. <laughs> this is for no. clarity purposes only. Thank you. Yeah, no. And if they want to sponsor the show, uh, uh, DM me. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we get to uh, the uh, fight here where he's fighting the hordes and he's, you know, Satan's, you know, you know, talking a bunch of crap in the background and, you know, you're going to die and et cetera, et cetera. But not a whole lot happens here other than like two or three pages of them yelling at each other. Right. And Damon Hellstrom's entire thing. So he has to fight off this entire hellish horde. So, you know, these things are, you know, surrounding him and swarming him. And he's using his trident and his cape and his fists to take all these ones out. But his ultimate goal is get to the bridge of hell. Now, this this bridge is the connection (laughs) to the to the, uh, you know, both ends of the world. You know what I mean? It's from hell to earth. Mm So he destroys this uh, particular bridge. He's destroying Satan's path to get to to get to the Earth side. You know what I mean? So he's going to block him off for a while anyway. So that's his entire goal. So, you know, he has Johnny. He has the girl. He's trying to get out of hell and he destroys the uh, or attempts to destroy the bridge. So there's no passage for Satan to get to Earth. Boy. Boy, did he put his dad in his place? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Johnny and oh, boy, page 27. So. We see Johnny carrying Linda on the one panel and they get to the top and then there's a panel with Johnny and oh my gosh, uh, Damon there. Wow. (laughs) I don't, I don't even know what to think of that panel. (laughs) That's, that's, that's Timberwolf from the Legion of Superheroes, everybody. Timberwolf. Yeah, it certainly is. And then Johnny, I don't know if he looks like he's drunk or he's buzzing (laughs) on some speeders or what, but his face is crazy. Yeah. I, I, I bet you Herb Trimpey had like a very busy month. That week, yeah. You know so I thought it, maybe maybe this was a rush job, you know. I don't know. Yeah, like this this is this is Herb, you know, taking that extra extra job on the side to make a little bit of pocket change. I think that's what's going on here because you know a lot of the details. I think you know in hell, all you had to do is draw a few flames and some cross hatching on Satan. There wasn't a need for big in depth stuff because you know what, 
his his versions of landscapes when he do them like mountain work and you know fire and 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 rock and all that stuff is really good and we've seen it in hulk because hulk smashes everything in mm-hmm. you know the trippy stuff so you know he's used to debris and fire and flames and all that type of stuff but it all we only get to see that in a couple panels here and for the most part this is a very reserved Herb Trimpey here and a very reserved storyline. <laughs> so yeah. tell us what happens here. So he happens to go to hell and free Johnny and Linda. And once he gets them outside, he just leaves them on top of a mountain and disappears. And that's. Mm. Wow. Yeah, he co- yeah, he summons his, you know, horses and chariot and just takes off and leaves the two of them sitting there. <laughs> He literally dumps them. So he freed them from hell, and now he's going to leave them in the middle of the desert and takes off, which I really don't know why. Mm. Was it just to upset his father and, you know, free him of the the one person that he wanted, which was Johnny Blaze and and his woman? So was he just trying to make a statement to his dad that, hey, you can't have it all, and, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't believe in your... Your religion will say and all that stuff. So, you know, is this just a statement? He's freeing someone who he captured and just making a slap to his dad and don't really care one way or the other. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I'm thinking so. It just seemed like he just wanted to get one over on him because, again, he made a big deal of it earlier in the issue. Like, I need to get to Johnny and Linda, you know, because, you know, there's some important reason. And what's the reason? So he could just free them and be like, ha ha, because that's pretty much all that happened. There's there's literally no reason. And we by the way, we didn't get the origin at all in this <laughs> issue. Despite but emblazoned on the cover, and here's exactly the verbiage that it says on the cover. Once I get back to the, the cover here, it says ominous origin issue. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, so, that was issue twelve. What are you what are your overall thoughts on twelve? Um, it, it was it was okay. There were a couple of funny moments, you know, things I can laugh at. And yeah, there very, were some, a couple of good panels and pages. But, yeah, overall, it's it's not great. Um, you know, and, you, and again, we talked before we start recording here for a minute. It, with issue 14, uh, Steve Gerber takes over. And I think they might have a new art team at that point, too. I can't remember if it's Sal Buscema or not. But it's, it's, it's definitely a little bit better art-wise and a lot better story-wise. So it, it does pick up uh, quite a bit. Oh, it's Jim Mooney and Sal Trapani. That's who takes over on art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it does get noticeably better. But I'll tell you what, you would never say uh, it because I tell you, when you start issue 13, I would have grabbed this immediately off the rack. It's a very mm. in-your-face. Like, this is, this is the way you want to introduce a character. It's yeah. almost like these, these issues were released – in the wrong order. That's what it looks like to me. Like this would have, this should have been issue twelve, and issue twelve should have been thirteen. Thirteen. Yep. Yeah. If, if you're you read, right. If you if you read these in different order, it makes way 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 more sense. I'm telling you right now. You read these again in in the opposite order, and I'm telling you, it means a heck of a lot more, Billy. Yep. Yeah, you're not kidding. And like you said, this one too cover. I think the cover is way better. This is a uh, John Romita cover. What do you think of this one? This one's really good. Uh, it's bombastic. It's got all the Marvel stuff. So when you talk about what Stanley used to do, he always used to separate himself with what he called the Marvel style, the Marvel way. Okay. And mm-hmm. what it is, he would take just a standard pose. So you know, somebody who was standing heroically on the front of a 
um, you know, on the front of a cover, he would have a dynamic pose. So, you know, he would make sure that the legs are spread out, that the arms are done in a particular way. So it wasn't just a standard pose. It was like a very, very heroic pose. And this is in classic Marvel style. So right in the middle of the page, in full view and in full proper proportion this time is Damon Hellstrom. And boy, you got the Son of Satan logo in the background. It looks spectacular. He's got his trident held in the air and he says, Father, stand you back. You shall not invade the earth except over the body of your own son. And then you see Satan's hand in the foreground and it says, then so be it. And it looks, mm-hmm. it's what a cool image. So he's surrounded by, you know, hell demons, hell spawn and all that stuff. And it's just bombastic. Like, wow, wow, wow. I would pay money for this. Still, still yeah. to this day, I, I, I would buy this off the rack. And these are some really crazy, scary looking demon creatures, too. They look like yetis or something like they're really creepy. Far improved. So the, just the overall visual. Like mm-hmm. I said, it, you know, it's it's a very simple costume. It's It's, you know. He's bare-chested with a red cape. Now, the interior of the cape in the other one was colored yellow. So I think we've got a couple, you know, it's a red cape with a yellow interior. That's gone away on this one. And similar to the boots. So the boots are, I guess, traditionally just yellow, I would say, Hulk Hogan-style wrestling boots with large fins on the front, almost like, you know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. it's a... On either side, yeah. And like you said, the, the demons are like Wendigos or something, like really, really cool looking. So, you know, great job. Really, really good work, of course, from one of the godfathers of Marvel, Ramita. Amazing. This is the way it should be, people. Yeah, you're not kidding. And I mean, interior-wise here, we have the same team from the previous issue, except the uh, colors are by Petra Goldberg and letters are Artie Simic. So, uh, all right, yeah, so let's... <laughs> Let's let's dive into this one. So, like you said, this one, I do like the story in this one much better, even though it seems out of place that it should have been swapped with 12. But I do like origins. I love origin issues. They're always like uh, some of my favorites. So, yeah, we you know, we see Damon kind of riding off here on this splash page with Satan, you know, in the background being like, you know, hear me, Satan, son, I'm going to get you. But uh, Damon doesn't <laughs> appear to be uh, listening. But uh, what do you think of the splash page there? Yeah, it's it's a classic Marvel splash page. So, I mean, you know, classic Marvel splash pages always set the table for what's inside the book. Now, it doesn't really mean that, you know, a splash page doesn't actually have to be the first page of the story. It could be just a setup, almost like a secondary cover to what's inside. And you get to see a lot of action here. So you get to see the devil, you know, you get to see Damon, like, literally flying away from him on the chariot and the three hell horses Really, really cool image. You know that, you know, you you get everything that you need from the story. So Satan wants to destroy his son for or make him pay the price for what he just did. And then we have a large, uh, I guess, arrow that fills you in on all the details of that you need to know for the story. So, you know, it's a perfect setup. This is a really, really cool image, to be honest with you. It seems like when they go out of their way, you can tell the pages that they spend time on. And then he seems to run out of gas about halfway through. And that's this one is a lot more detailed, too. So this is why I think this may or may not have been written or drawn previous to the other one, because it seems like Trimpy spent a lot more time on detail in this particular issue. But as with everything, he seems to run out of gas by page 11. But we'll get into that in a second. (laughs) You're not kidding. Yeah, because that first page, like it a lot. You go to page two. There's a shot of uh, Damon's, uh, you know, uh, home here. It's this, you know, real swanky looking house right on a, a lake, fire lake. 
And then but just take the right, just take a, just take a look. It's great. So he does great architecture. Just take a look at his rock work. It's really good. You know, it mm-hmm. it looks like a setting. And every time you see the house, extraordinary detail. Trees are really detailed. Like a good attention to detail all the way around. And that's why I think that uh, I think that he started out of the gate probably doing this one. And they probably yeah. reversed course. I would love, would love to ask somebody who's in the know on this one if that was the case. Yeah, and then the panel to the right. Again, it looks cool, too. There's detail in the house there because it's like a, a more of a close-up shot, part of the house, part of the sky. I, I think that panel looks pretty good, too. And then the middle panel, uh, there's not much. You know, Damon's a little generic looking there. And then that bottom left panel, it, he looks like David Bowie there in one of his, <laughs> like, you know— and I, and I don't I like Bowie's music, but like, you know, sometimes when Bowie was trying to, you know, look more like a chick, that's what he looks like in that panel. It doesn't even look like a guy. Very, very feminine. You would call this the uh, the Bowie Ziggy bloodlust phase or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he, he really, really uh, he really looks feminine in that page. And once again, very skinny. You notice that like it's it's mm-hmm. from panel to panel that his that his body mass or like facial structure changes. And that's one of the like I said, one of the very, very uh, big weaknesses facially all the way around. But boy, we get two ugly ladies on page three, Herb, Shrimpy and the ladies. <laughs> I'm not sure that he's got a good grasp because. Whew. Yeah, and it's funny, too. I'm sitting here with the book open and on that, you know, Bowie looking panel on the far left. <laughs> And I look to the far right on the next page and that panel, he looks totally different on the bottom of panel, you know, page three, the bottom right panel. He looks completely different. But cool. He looks really, really cool. Yeah. He looks sinister. You know what I mean? He looks cool. And then, yeah, he scared the crap out of, I don't know. I think that's one supposed to be like a hippie dude and some chick with a hairband, but they are. Yeah. Wow. They oh, are. Oh, that's supposed to be a dude and his chick. I think, yeah, I think they're, yeah, I think they went to the lake to get their skin and they're in the car and then. This Damon went flying by them there and they're like, what the hell? And yeah, they're not, they do not look good at all. You know, again, I know I, I, I'm not crapping on Herb Trimpe. He's not even with us anymore. You know, God rest his soul, but that they do not look good. No, they're, they're, uh, like I said, Mr. Mr. Trimpe probably had some other obligations and this probably wasn't his focus, but I'll tell you what, this is some strong work from here on in for a few pages. I will say that. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you also notice that, Damon really, really goes out of his way to feminize the devil. You notice that? Because when he was talking, when he entered hell, I forgot to bring this up to you. When he entered hell in the last issue, mm-hmm. he goes out of his way to say that, you know, the devil is no longer concentrating on bringing the ladies into hell and that he's more focused on the <laughs> dude. Yeah. He's like, you're no longer trying to satiate your lusts or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Did you notice that? Was that, that not was weird? To you? Yeah, that was really odd. I didn't understand that at all. I had to read that twice, and I still didn't get it. I thought so. He were, sla- were they slamming. Ma- were they were they making a uh, a statement of the the devil's preferences there? Yeah, that's what I thought. I th- that's what it yep. seems like when you read it multiple times. It seems like Damon's trying to say that his dad is not, is gay. He's he, into he, dudes. Yeah, that he likes guys because he says, I have to get it now. Let me find that page. I got to find it. I'll read his. I'll read it verbatim. Hold on. It, yes. it very much seems to me like that's what he's saying because he doesn't and he doesn't say it like like he's like a like a slam or anything like that. He just kind of says like, yes, lately you. Oh, here it is. Ah, the, or he says 
Yet another sign of your mental deterioration, my father. Perhaps even the devil grows old, eh? And then Satan says, mind your tongue, lad, lest I forget our unfortunate relationship and toss you to my ever-starving demons. And Damon's response is, ah, the truth is painful to you that you now seek male servants rather than beautiful women. Yes, age is creeping up on you to think you now seek raw power rather than fulfillment of your unquenchable lust. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> I think it means he's like, he's make, you know, he's, he's into dudes. He, he likes, he likes dudes. And we yeah. are where we are. And we are in no way saying that uh, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's a very curious statement in the 1970s. And boy, I, I don't, I don't think Damon's an ally. <laughs> I don't think so. I think no. he's, I think he's, uh, he's making a shot at his dad here for, for loving the dudes down in hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre. I just think to myself, you know, you you're the son of Satan and you're going to confront your father, who is also Satan. And <laughs> you're part of the conversation steers down the road of sexual preference. Like what? What does that have to do with trying to save Johnny and Linda and getting out of there? I, I don't understand that. So so he, he enters hell. He he forces his dad uh, to give up his two captives in the previous issue with his elemental trident. And then he does like a slur on him. Yeah. (laughs) And he gets away with it. This is the devil, supposedly the most, you know, the second most powerful, uh, you know, being in the entire universe, according to certain, certain, uh, certain religions. And, uh, you know, he just comes in, waves his little wand and, you know, takes his people and gets out of there and and tosses some slurs around, you know, boy. (laughs) All right. Not not exactly, uh, you know, not, not exactly timely, we'll say, Billy. What do you think of that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So, well, since we're completely going off the rails here. So <laughs> page six, tell me what you think here. Now, page six, uh, Damon opens the door to his house and he's like in the depths or something like that. It almost looks like he has a, like a, a dungeon or a room to do some crazy, like, you know, satanic kind of rituals or something. And there's a bunch of these crazy demons down there and they look awesome and they're great. And they kind of jump on him and he's like, ah, it's your lackey's father. And then look at this panel on the left, on the bottom, that uh, vertical oh, panel. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what, oh boy. What is at the bottom of that panel? It looks like a dong. That is 100% dongalicious right there. I mean, it is a, uh, it looks, it like, looks yeah. like a, like a, like a dick monster. It, it actually, yeah. there, it's, <laughs> it's uh, but, but there's no question on what, what the intention was there. No question in my mind. But now let's yeah. let's talk about this. So so Damon's just getting back from hell and he wants to relax in his own house. OK, by God, he's coming in. This is what is it? What is it called? Hell Lake or Fire Lake? Fire, Fire yep. Lake. So he has a nice, you know, waterfront home on Fire Lake. And he mm-hmm. comes in and right away, right away, after two years, he enters this place. And of course, he's attacked right away by the devil's demons. So he's got to fight his way through his own house immediately boy what a welcome home what do you think of that now he's going after all these demons and he's literally you know he's what's he battling with i guess he's just throwing them around and you know burning them with fire throwing them in fire pits i mean what kind of house do you have here where your entire house is a series of i guess steps and fire pits i mean what kind of what kind of home do we have here because i mean he stands on the very top of this staircase and underneath is this giant flaming hellish pool. I don't know who has that in their house, but I would call that the suspect house building right there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like when he was in Arizona and just walked into a cave and there was a gateway to hell. He's got one at the bottom of his house here, too. <laughs> it's well, crazy. Um, but what about this crazy good. demon, though? I like this one demon where he fights and they kind of have like a one on one here. And, you know, he grabs a demon and it's like you're ready to bite him and stuff. That looks really cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. At least, you know what? At least they're trying to, you know, um, I guess, differentiate the demons because, you know, this is another one. So this one has big flapping ears, almost um, almost Dumbo-esque, wouldn't you say? Like very, very big. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a blue demon anyway. Uh, you know, he takes the trident and he literally rams it right into the belly of this demon before flinging it down in the, hit, the pit of hell below. So, man. He really takes names and numbers here because, I mean, they're even trying to flee him, and he doesn't let that happen. He literally grabs them by the ankles, drags them back, and tosses them by the ankle to their death up against a concrete wall. <laughs> I mean, he is he is out for blood right now. And when they fall, just take a look at the, the images when they fall. There's like bits and pieces falling off these things. So, you know, they're either bleeding or there's stuff falling from them as they plunge into the hell. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And then he gets out a uh, a little uh, diary here, his mother's diary. And this is when it goes into, uh, you know, his origin and his mother, you know, shacking up with Satan here. This is this is crazy. And like I said, this all should have happened in the previous issue. And it would have made way, way more sense. Yes, this is his actually his ominous origin right here. So I, I guess his origin story in a nutshell, as he reads his mother's diary, is that his mother was actually lured by Satan into marriage. So now she's mm-hmm. unaware. So he's taken human form. And he looks like your typical, I would say, you know, well-to-do businessman. He's got, you know, the the sports coat. At some parts, though, he goes from a really buff-looking, uh, almost like a... How, who would you describe him looking like? Like um, a really... Yeah, he almost looks like, sort of like, a little bit like Christopher Lee or... You know, yeah. uh, like a taller, dark-haired guy. Honestly, on page 11 there, he I almost thought it was the Submariner. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's either doing yeah. a, Leonard, a Leonard Nimoy-esque Submariner. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what he looks like. He even has the pointy ears. Mm-hmm. That was, yep. Is that intentional? or what? I, I'm thinking it is. Yeah, maybe that's the tell here. But this chick is too smitten. She's just looking at this dude, and he's, like, kind of putting the whammy on her, like his, I don't know if he's using his, like, uh, uh, satanic roofies or something on her here. (laughs) His devilish charm, sir. Yeah, but she's all over him, and he says to her, you are lovely. Come, take my hand. Walk with me. And she says, "But, but I don't even know you. And he goes, that is unimportant. All that matters is that we are here together. And then this caption box at the bottom of page 11. You need to, you read this. You, I can't even, you read this. This is great. It says, and, and listen, you, you get, we really have to frame this one up. So we, we get to see like this, this lush valley here. So you get some trees, you get some beautiful flowers in the foreground. The sunset is just setting. And off in the distance in the silhouette is a man hugging into a lady. And it says, we spent the rest of the day roaming the forest, talking, touching. <laughs> and when at last sunset came, I was no longer able to resist him. I was his for the mere asking. So she <laughs> is done. She is all in to the to the devil man here, brother. And man, 
the next page as Damon is reading, he, he has some tears going on. This is one of the most ridiculous panels that I've ever seen. Damon is looking at his mother's diary. He's holding his head in complete disbelief. And he, he's just like, like overcome with emotion. And the amount of tears is, is unachievable by normal tear ducts is what I will tell you. He is yeah. like meme worthy here. Yeah, he could literally fill up a, like a 12-ounce glass in about three seconds with all the water that's coming out of his eyes. But yeah, that panel you read, I mean, we spent the rest of the day roaming the forest, talking, touching. And when at last sunset came, I was no longer able to resist. Like, come on. That was crazy. I'm like, what are they doing here? Stop this madness. <laughs> he's, he's, he's ready for downtown Detroit right there. I guarantee you. He's ready to take her to school. And she's willing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this oh, yeah. is not non-consensual. Uh, like you said, did, was he playing some devil shenanigans? Because to put it in context, he's literally walking up to this woman, sight unseen, and saying, you are mine, come with me. We are going mm -hmm. to have the sex. And that's yeah, what happens. Like a, yeah, it's almost like a, a Dracula hypnotizing somebody kind of thing. That's why I thought, oh, maybe there's supposed Bingo. to be some shenanigans here. But Bingo. yeah, pay Page 14 there, She like, he's crying. The very next panel, look at her face while she's looking at him. <laughs> she's loving it. I mean, she's just so overjoyed. She's got like these wide eyes. She's completely infatuated with this guy. And she's like a, mm -hmm. a really happy homemaker. She's in the kitchen. She's pouring up. She's making some, looks like pancakes or some supper or something right there. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Satan himself, he's still in his human disguise and he's, you know, getting together like a baby's room. They bought a brand new crib, it looks like. It got a nice <laughs> yeah. bow. And, you know, he's making her very happy. And, you know, she she just wants to be part of this. She is so in love with this man. Then all of a sudden, you know, she thinks that, you know, he is a, he's a very successful businessman. And he's gone mm -hmm. a lot of times doing different things. Now, he's the devil. He's running hell. He's doing everything that you could possibly think of, uh, you know, bad in the world. And she's completely oblivious. She's completely convinced her husband is away at business and he's making money for our family. And then she goes down over the stairs, Billy. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it, this is insane. So she what does she say to herself? Um, I assumed he was always away on business. So I ignored it for several years more until that horrible time. I went to the cellar looking for your father and sister. And she comes down there and says, my God, what's happening to the cat? What are you doing? And there's Satan and the daughter, which, you know, well, they don't name her here, but it's obviously Satana. She yep. has a butcher knife in the air and their cat is on like a table. And she's ready to kill it. And in like there's a the, so the mother is in the foreground. You just see her eyes wide and she's got her hand up like, no, stop type of thing. What are you doing? And the girl is just there. Her eyes are wide. She's got the butcher knife. The cat is obviously dead or the mm -hmm. dog, whatever the pet is. And, the you cat, know, the yeah, father, yeah. The father is stood behind very proud, just waiting for her to just dice up this poor animal in between two of the largest pillars of uh, <laughs> of candles you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. They are friggin massive, Billy. Mm -hmm. Those things. Good Lord. Yeah. And uh, Saint then says. She's merely obeying my orders, Victoria. Yeah. Poor Victoria gets a surprise. She gets the salty surprise, Billy will say, as as the young girl flees back up over the stairs. And like you said, that's 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 Damon's sister, Satana. Mm -hmm. We don't really get to know that here, and we don't get any more information. 
Nope. And Victoria is just shocked. She has not seen this side of her husband. And then he transforms in front of her and reveals himself. And now he says, now do you see? You are the bride of Satan. And she sort of falls back as, you know, he turns completely into the devil. The whole house is engulfed in flame. And she just falls down and goes, <laughs> <laughs> And then she ends up in a padded cell. Yeah, <laughs> a padded room for her. She's toast, and the kids get separated for some reason. I don't understand yes. that. But like I said again, they 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 never name the daughter here, so I don't know if they were just kind of keeping that, you know, to themselves well, well, or what. It's it's one of those things where you know where they started pairing everybody off in the seventies. So every single great character had their female equivalent. So you know when Hellstrom finally took off, they're like, "Hey, wait a second! You know we got ourselves the She-Hulk. You know we we got these different different versions of characters. Why don't we have a you know a female Damon? And all of a sudden, Satana was was free of charge right here because they've already established it right here that he had a sister. So boom, there she is. Yeah, I don't know if it was just you know. Uh... Uh, circumstances that led them to use this because I think by this point, I think Satana had already made her first appearance in vampire tales in that little, like John Romita kind of story. This? I think, yeah, or, or right around this exact same time. Cause this was uh, cover dated, I think uh, early 1974. So it had to have come out in late 1973. And that's when vampire tales uh -huh. uh, number two came out. Very interesting. That, that is worth looking up, man. That's crazy. And it is interesting, too, that Romita did this cover, and Romita is the one that did that first Satana story <laughs> in Vampire Tales, too. Listen, he he loved the ladies. Anyone who did, you know, John Romita Sr., his ladies were, unlike Herb Trimpey's, they were visually stunning. I mean, his Mary Jane still stands up to this day as just iconically beautiful. Oh, so my gosh, yeah. He, 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 could, he could draw the ladies and the guys. Listen. If there was ever a dude who was, you know, the man of men, I mean, his Peter Parker was the man. Mm -hmm. Great looking. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. If you if you if you had to go down the road and go, man, I got to go with a dude it'd be Peter Parker by John Romita. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. OK. So, yeah. So uh, September 1973 is when uh, the uh, the uh, issue 12 of Marvel Spotlight came out. Okay, mm -hmm. so sep September yep. 1973, Vampire Tales number two came out, uh, release date July 3rd, 1973. So two months before that. Wow. So I'm thinking. Now, did that, they, did they yeah. intentionally do this or did they sort of just flow it over? You know what I mean? Like, was this something that, well, he's got a sister. It can be her. Or was this always the plan all along? What? That's crazy. Yeah, that's wild that they already had that story out two months before this of her as an adult. And then. If uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, did they just say, oh, he had a sister here and it was going to be a throwaway character? And then they just connected the two because they thought, why not? You know, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> but why don't, why, don't, why don't we give Marvel credit and say that they actually meant it? There you go. Yeah. Right, this yeah. was Stan Lee's vision the entire time. Well, that's what I'm thinking during this time. I think this is around the time when Roy was the editor in chief and he he connected a lot of things and had a lot of good stuff going on in the early 1970s there till he stepped down. He he was really good at that job. Oh, definitely. No question. Yeah. But yeah, I am. You're, you're the bride of Satan. Eee! But yeah, <laughs> yeah. She ends, she ends up at a, like a mental hospital in a padded room. And then she gives uh Damon this crazy looking necklace here and uh, chain. Yeah. And then he decides, you know, he's growing up and he's, you know, I don't have a father or my sister. I don't know what's going on. 
and he decides to become a priest. How about that? <laughs> it always seems to be the way, doesn't it? Like, like a lot of these books too are very, very religion based as well. So a lot mm-hmm. of the characters that you see, there's a lot of references to to you know heaven and hell in these early Marvel you know comic books. So you know Christianity is is alive and well in the pages of Marvel comics, and you know they rely heavy on these this imagery of hell and you know their their versions of satan and priests and all this type of stuff and we get to see a lot of that in tomb of dracula a lot of the occult books and all that stuff that were super popular during this period as well so you know yeah if there were a religion that was happening inside the marvel universe it was definitely christianity at this point oh absolutely and it's funny too his uh damon's uh rifling through a trunk he finds his mother's diary the one that was bringing him to tears earlier and he reads it and he's you know stunned to know uh, who his real father is and all that shenanigans. And uh, he's like, I, you know, I can't take it anymore. And he has, there's a panel where he has his hand up to his face and that looks pretty good there. I, I do it like does. that again. I'll, yeah. I'll give Trimpy some credit there. And then you hear this, Damon, listen to me, follow my voice, come with me. And he's like, he realizes uh, he's like, kind of like half hypnotized here, but you know, he walks into a, 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 a cavern here underneath the house and it's, the gateway to hell. So how many are now, that's what I want to but know. But now but now this makes sense. Okay? This this completely makes sense to me because it's it's in a part of his house he didn't know about, you know. Uh, he's mm-hmm. led by a voice down over these stairs into a place of a house where, you know, the the walls open up and it's the gateway to hell. I'm all in for this. You know what I mean? This yeah. this this makes sense here. But just walking around in a desert in Arizona, that that one's that one's sort of, you know, <laughs> It needs a little bit to be desired for me to uh, to be, to believe that. But, you know, he literally walks into hell. So, you know, we're getting to see the full picture of his origin. So, you know, we, we get to see a, a a young family who was raised, you know, uh, a mother who gets involved with the wrong guy. You know, she literally gets involved <laughs> and has sex with the devil and creates two kids, Satana and, you know, Damon Hellstrom. And, you know, Damon, all of a sudden, years later, finds about his history and he goes to confront his father, the devil, and question him on all this craziness that he's done to his family. And finally, he's here, and the devil himself is waiting for him at the gates of hell. And he says, welcome, my son. I have long awaited your arrival in my domain. So there you go. The devil is waiting. Finally, his son has figured out all this stuff, and he's confronting him right in the depths of hell right here. Yeah, page 18 there. That is a creepy page, man. The top panel is just Satan almost just like an outline and like yeah. i said almost johnny storm like and he's you know uh basically saying you know you need to come work for dad but those three other panels holy crap are they insane what in the world there's demons chucking people into like these lava pits a guy <laughs> hanging like from a chain it's like uh almost like that pinhead movie like there's some really yeah, creepy this... stuff oh yeah there's definitely some hellraiser action going on here and you get to see yeah. like People like heavy doing heavy labor, so they're lifting giant bags of rocks down caverns. Netheranium. Those, yes, nether oh netheranium. That's exactly they're what mining. it is. Mining. Yeah. Yes, that's what his trident is made out of. Is made out of netheranium, which is which is interesting because we get to see that the devil himself is holding that very trident. So this is the mm-hmm. trident that he couldn't be around before. So explain that one to me. Yeah. So like, if I honestly here, if I was Gary Friedrich, that panel where it shows that Satan is making these people mine for him, it, yep. it would have really taken everything I had not to have a couple of just, you know, you know, say to the letter, hey, put in a couple of word bubbles next to these guys, like, hi-ho, 
hi-ho. Off to hell we go. That's great. But, uh, yeah, they're a sweaty mess. You know, they're hoofing these bags of netheranium. But I don't get what for. Like, what's the purpose of them doing that? Because he already has his trident made of that. What's he going to do? Make a whole, like, collection of weapons out of it? Like, what's yeah, he doing like, with it? Selling it? It's like Superman creating his own kryptonite mine. It doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Netheranium is like the devil's Achilles heel. So I I just don't get that. Yeah. They'd have been better off saying it was vibranium or something crazy and being like Runder Wakanda or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just bizarre. It doesn't make any sense at all. And then all of a sudden, Damon is back in the house and he's on the floor and the book is there, too. And it's like, wait, what happened here? Now, now, before he leaves, he sort of gives his, uh, you know, his son an ultimatum. He says, as your father, I offer you life eternal. And power incarnate. Think about it and decide wisely. For when we next meet, I will expect an answer. And then all of a sudden, bam, he sends him right back to his house and he wakes up almost on the floor with the, you know, with the his mother's diary at his feet. And he's mm-hmm. wondering, you know, is this for real? Did I just have a dream? Did I fall off my chair? You know what I mean? He's not entirely convinced that what just happened before him was actually real. So, you know, I, I kind of dig that about it. That was that was kind of cool. Yeah, and Damon, he and he doesn't look terrible there, but he doesn't look great either when he's laying there on the floor. And then in my issue, it's like, man, the coloring is really off. Like there's I don't know oh, if they were trying but, to do. Yeah, if they're trying to do something here with this red that's kind of around him because he was just in hell or it's just a coloring gaff. But it, it looks kind of crappy. <laughs> the The entire the coloring scheme is a little off putting anyway, because, I mean, you know, there's plenty of coloring mistakes uh, you know, you can really see the color separation really falling apart here because, you know, you get a lot of his coloring, especially around the costumes that are just flowing into other parts of the panel. So, you know, this one's sort of off the grid. So, you know, if if I was somebody who was buying a comic book off a print shop, I would be bringing this back and going, whoa, dude, you need to reprint this because this is a blanking mess. Mm-hmm. And then you flip to page 22 and Damon looks OK in that top panel and it shows like the, the roof of the home here, which looks really cool. It's detailed and stuff like that. Again, that's a good page 22. And then 23 is a crazy page where it's just, you know, a, a full page uh, splash here by Trimpy, uh, where it's this crazy like dragon type monster. And other than the head, I think he look he got everything pitch perfect on this. But the head of the monster, it looks more like a oh. Muppet than it does like a scary oh, like monster. It's terrible. And and we've seen this. It's it's the same thing we've seen with the horses. So yeah. he does a good job at the horses, but he's got these really stupid, almost juvenile eyes on these things, which really take you out of eyes are not his strength. Maybe that's what's off-putting about the the entire herb trimping experiment here is that he doesn't seem to be able to draw eyes on anything. You know what I mean? It's really, really off-putting. Uh, but what's going on here is that Damon is really, you know, he's got this internal struggle. He he, you know. Does he want to find himself joining his father or battle against him? You know, mm-hmm. but he decides that no, he's going to be his own man. But the first thing he has to do is discover this, you know, netheranium. So he's got to go back to the mines because his mother told him that Satan is weakened by netheranium, despite holding that netheranium trident in his hand. So he's got <laughs> to go into the mine, but he's not going to do that alone because this thing is protected by this gigantic demon dragon with the stupid eyes and and poor damon himself says lord help me i can't believe how bad herb trimpy drew this thing no he didn't say that he <laughs> said i, I should realize satan wouldn't have left these mines unguarded 
And now he's got to figure a way out how he's going to defeat this giant dragon. But he manages to do it. So there you go. And inside the once he defeats the dragon and unleashes the netheranium mine, now he has Satan's uh, hordes in front of him. He's got Satan's people. And he tries to, I, I guess, make his own campaign saying that, you know, listen to me and I will save you. But listen, they're they're having none of this. You know, some of them are having none of this because out come more of Satan's demon spawns and they attack Damon once again. And and Satan gets involved here. He's here this time and he's got the trident in hand and he shoots it directly at Damon. And then the fight is finally on. This is the fight we should have had in episode one right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not kidding. And I almost forgot to mention, too, on that full page where that uh, goofy faced uh, dragon monster, whatever, is trying to fight him. Uh, Damon looks like uh, Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. There, <laughs> <laughs> he he literally does. His hair is all slicked back and stuff. <laughs> looks, looks ridiculous. <laughs> but, That's funny. But yeah, there are some good panels in, in those uh, pages afterwards where you know the the monster is trying to breathe fire at him, and he kind of like directs the fire back at it and basically blows its face off with its own breath, and then he's like. Saying to the uh, the 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 miners, the, the seven dwarves down here, he's listen to me. <laughs> I can help you, save you. We have at hands the means to destroy Satan. If only you will give me your aid. And <laughs> I like the crazy little uh, minion here that has a club that I guess is like the supervisor. Stop them! The master demands it. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, do you get the the opinion that you know he he read the Lord of the Rings or something? And they were doing some golem work here because you know a lot of this is definitely referential to like uh, demons that you see in Dungeons and Dragons and you know the mm -hmm. different lore of yeah. the time. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of uh, uh, some well. Yeah, definitely some Tolkien influence here for sure. But uh, the fight is on. You know, he's battling his dad and he comes up all of a sudden. He's got bolts of fire that can shoot from his hands and it looks really stupid. I got I got to be honest with you. He's like, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. and the devil is there with the trident and he's deflecting every single shot, similar to like Wonder Woman would do with her gold bands like ting, ting, ting. Mm -hmm. Like, ha -ha, you can't defeat me, son. And then he shoots fire at him at uh, his own son. And boy, he's really trying to take out his own son. But Damon finally gets his hands on the netheranium trident and sends his dad back to hell from whence he came, sir. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like Satan has the trident and uh, Damon's doing his best to like, you know, dodge and like, you know, do like parkour and stuff like that and uh, stay away from his <laughs> his blasts. And then somehow grabs the, you know, manages to grab it off of him. And he says, now the sacred scepter is mine. And not even Satan can stand up to its netheranium given might. And it literally Satan is like 10 feet away from him to the right. And you flip the page to the very last page and he's gone. You don't <laughs> really get to see him dispatched either. He sort of takes the trident and don't even really see what happened to him. Did he throw him back into the fire? Did he run away? You know, what happened? We don't even yeah. know. Yeah, that's it's, it's like it's like, oh, crap, I'm out of pages. And you know what? I'm really sick of drawing this. So we're gonna, just going to wrap this up. And I really don't care what happens. Yeah. And honestly, that's a that was a long comic. That was 32 pages. Think about that. that. That's the, the yeah. The, yeah, that's that's a long comic. Like most of them are back in the day were like 22, maybe 24. But this was 32 pages. And yeah, basically, he just is like, oh, I think I can use this to uh, this trident to summon my father's chariot. And he steals his dad's horses and chariot. And he just goes back home and then uh, goes to that part of the wall where it's uh, 
you know, uh, the, the the like fake wall that you could go about down to the the hell. And he's like, he's going to uh, seal the entrance and melted netheranium he's going to use to seal it off so his pops can't come get him. I know. It, it, and like I said, so now he's back into his house. He's sitting in his library and he's pondering when his next battle was going to be. And then it says <laughs> next issue, ice and hellfire. So, man, a few things about this. Well, like two, two issues. OK, so enjoyable story. Number one, like I, I love these. I love looking back at these old comics. I definitely absolutely would still buy these things. They're just, you know, they're a period you know, a timepiece, I'll say they're they're a look back to when, you know, things are was weren't 100 percent politically correct. Women's rights were definitely not up to speed in this one. You know, the Me Too movement was definitely not in full force because they would have been all over Damon Hellstrom <laughs> here. You know, society has not caught up with this dude. Uh, you know, the the idea of uh, religion. So, you know, Christianity as a topic inside comics is one of those things that, you know, Marvel tends to stray from right now. You know what I mean? Representation mm-hmm. of religion is one of those things that, you know. Depending on the comic, depending on the publishers, one of those things that is handled in a very ginger way. People are very hesitant to get involved. And I don't think we would have been able to have such a book in 2022 as we no. had back here in the 70s because, you know, different sensibilities, different uh, different political issues and all that type of stuff. So, you know, we're definitely seeing a timepiece here. The artwork has not um, has not aged well. I would say mm-hmm. maybe in its day it would have gotten the pass. Uh, in 2022, absolutely not, Billy. This is this is some <laughs> Roth Herb Trimpy artwork here, but it's comic book artwork, and I kind of dig it. It's certainly not some of the worst I've ever seen. That that you know, that tends to be over on Satan Six, which is another uh, another episode <laughs> of ours. If you want to really really go straight to hell with uh, with us and the Superblog team, I'll check that one out as well. But man, what do you think? What's what's your overall thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I. These are comics that I could read and without putting any scrutiny to them, I'm fine with them. I can have a good time. No problem. But it's, you know, when you have to like put the, you know, the, the microscope to it, it's, uh, yeah. And, you know, again, not to poo poo anybody here that did worked on these books, you know, maybe they were under a really tight deadline for the art and everything like that. So, you know, I, I understand why maybe it's uh, art wise isn't the best. It definitely isn't, uh, you know, uh, high end Marvel for 1973. <laughs> that's for sure. It's it's just not the, the story really isn't that great. The story in 13, I thought, was much better than 12. And like you said, that's probably because they should just be transposed. Not necessarily. It just doesn't make sense to have them in the order they're in. And then, yeah, like I said, art wise, Herb Trimpy, maybe he was on a deadline. And, you know, that's why it's, it, it definitely it feels rushed. like. It feels like a Steve Ditko Charlton horror comic. That's exactly what this feels. It does. And, and sort of looks like, you know what I mean? Just the just the mm-hmm. aesthetic, the the characters, the way, you know, their position, the panel layouts, it all feels very Ditkonian, we'll say. So, you know, maybe the the wrong artist had this book at the time because, you know, we definitely got to see that Herb Trimpey is absolutely a fantastic artist. This mm-hmm. just not was not his shining moment right here, we'll say. <laughs> this was uh this this was some this was some rough stuff here. So, but definitely enjoyable as a comic. Now, here's one thing that I wanted wanted to leave everybody with. Number one, we talked a little bit earlier about this being a a joint effort with the Superblog team up. If you don't know what Superblog team up is, Superblog team up is a bunch of bloggers and podcasters that get together three to four times a year. We handle a particular topic. This time, no question, it's 
Superblog team up goes to hell and every single um, installment this time is all about hell, hell related, Halloween, all kinds of fun stuff. It is the season. And uh, if you're into that, hit us up on uh, hashtag Superblog team up over on Twitter or hashtag SBTU and join in the fun. And we'll have an entire list of all the blogs and podcasts that's involved in the show notes for this particular episode. So click on them. Find some great work, and uh, you know, thank you, Billy, for that. But I wanted to leave you with this. I wanted to leave you with this. I wanted to tell you all about my my satanic panic that I, growing <laughs> up as a kid, was involved in. So as I mentioned earlier, I was I was wanting to to get in really get into Dungeons Dragons, but I just couldn't find my way around it. None of my friends were involved, and you know, the friends that I did have, you know, weren't really the the core audience for for Dungeons and Dragons. So I met this, I met this one guy in high school and his dad was a pastor. Oh, so, nice. you know, he, he was, yes, he was heavy into Christianity and he invited me to these youth groups. Now they knew I was into Dungeons and Dragons. And when they found out, they took the opportunity to tell me all about it, how it was bad and, you know, how the devil was, you know, involved in demonology. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I, I just want to fight people with swords. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to fight some dragons. I don't know what you're talking about, old man, but mm-hmm. I go to this session and there's a whole bunch of kids from church. And everybody is super into the, you know, the messaging and they're getting together. I was really there for the sandwiches and the Coke. I don't know what everybody else was there for. But they had this, yes, they had this one interesting thing. So after being chastised about Dungeons and Dragons, they started playing Kiss Records. And I'm like, yes, this is great. Man, <laughs> if, you know, if youth group is all about, you know, Kiss, I'm in. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they started playing Kiss backwards. Oh, boy. Yes. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? I look over to my friend and he's like, you just watch. You just watch the real truth behind this music. And when they start playing it back, his dad was there listening intently and he would stop it every time we get to a particular part. And he goes, now listen for it. It says, here's to my sweet Satan. And he'd play, he'd drop the needle on the record again. And it'll be like, he's like, did you hear it? He said, that's the messages that's being delivered to you kids. And I'm like, holy crap, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yep. It was rough, Billy, rough. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know what? I, I think that everybody should have their own beliefs and do, do their things. And, you know, if it, uh, you know, if it's something that you believe in and makes you happy and gives you a good set of guidelines, I'm all for that. You do you. But boy. I'm here to tell you that uh, Kiss never intended uh, to make a, a a satanic album, and I don't think that God gave rock and roll to you is the the heights of satanic. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, I, I don't know, maybe I could re- retweet it or something like that. I tweeted out uh, one of the things that spurred on some of this conversation was a video <laughs> clip from I don't know I, I don't know who they are because there was a million of them in the 1980s. But some televangelist dudes in the 1980s uh, trying to demonize He-Man. Uh, what else were they talking about, Chris? He-Man? What else? Oh, Rainbow Bright was going to get us all, too. <laughs> Rainbow um, Bright. Yeah. be any more off base. And, boy, they're really yeah. going into, like, let me tell you something. Like, Skeletor. <laughs> 
he's a he's a skull based demon. Okay, I mean, yes, okay. You you have the demon elements. This was not about that. This this is about kids' toys. This is about superheroes. This is about you know sword and sorcery. Everything that was popular. No kids were you know trying to to you know murder their cat. On on an altar because of because of Masters of the Universe, and if they were, boy, did they pick out the wrong toys. Maybe they went to the dollar store and they got the uh, Champions of the Universe toys instead of Masters of the Universe. I don't know, Billy, but what I'll tell you is, boy, uh, you know, anything that came out was fair game for the uh, uh-huh. for the parent groups at the time, and you know, Masters of the Universe was uh, was uh, was no exception. But boy, I wonder what they would have thought if they had this issue of Son of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, yeah that that clip blew me away. I, I mean, it, again, you and I grew up in that era. We knew about all that stuff. Absolutely. But when I just saw that, I was just like, this. Is, I just like I thought I got to retweet this, and I'm like, listen, this is shenanigans. Don't <laughs> don't listen to this. Look at listen to this and laugh because this is shenanigans. <laughs> it is. But it's, but it's good stuff. Listen, listen. I, I'm I'm glad to be raised in the era that I did get raised in because you know what the the 80s were were legendary. If you grew up in the 80s and you got to experience all the hype and you know the genesis of of current modern day pop culture and all the stuff that was released, it's funny to see the reactions to it upon release because you know everything that we know now from Transformers to GI Joe to you know everything had its critics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My God, if a GI Joe toy was released, it's like it's you know, it's uber violence for kids and, you know, kids are going to shoot, shoot each other because of G.I. Joe. You're like, no, they're not. They're going to play their toys and they're going to go back to doing something else, you know, next time. And, you know, video games. Oh, my God, it's corrupting children. They won't be able to go to school. You know, they're <laughs> they're going to become disenfranchised. Well, guess what? More kids play video games this day and age. And, and we did OK. We're, we're still around and we're not. Listen, I don't know about you, Billy, but after this podcast, I have no intention of killing my dog. I don't know about you. No, there's there's no murderous <laughs> intentions in me at all. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm not I'm not here to judge, man. I'm just telling you that's not what I'm into. And I grew up in the '80s during the heights of the satanic panic. My God. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. So, all right, man. Well, we can wrap it up here. But uh, if anybody's looking to find you out there, where can they look for you? Oh, man, listen, we are going to have some good times. If you found me on Twitter, look for me at Charlton underscore hero. Uh, and Billy will tell you, myself and Billy have just a great time. And, uh, you know, if you interact with us, we're definitely going to write back. We like to talk about comics, pop culture, horror, uh, wrestling, you name it. We're always at, at Shenanigans Online. So, you know, find, find both of us on Twitter because we are and, – and, and I don't mean to brag, but we are, we are two interesting dudes. Would you not say, Billy? Oh, absolutely. And then, uh, it, like you said, too, when this comes out, it's going to be right in the you know middle of a super blog team up. So you can go to Twitter and look for uh, hashtag SBTU or hashtag super blog team up to, you know, see all the fun. Right. Absolutely, man. What a blast we had tonight. And boy, we I, I felt like we went straight to hell during this one. But, but once again, what a great time, because, you know, comic books are, are something that, you know, it's it's becoming a lost art, and these are ones that you know will probably never see the light of day again. I'm so glad that we got to experience them and get to talk about them every single month here on the show. So thank you for having me again, Billy. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing this again real soon. Oh, absolutely, my friend. So all right, let's uh, let's jump out of here real quick, and then uh, I'll come back in to wrap up this show. Thanks, Chris.
right, everybody, that wraps this one up. Uh, I want to thank uh, Hero, uh, Chris Bailey, for being on the show. Great guy, great guest, and uh, doing yeoman's work here, putting a super blog team up together. Uh, definitely check the show notes. There's going to be a link to every other uh, participant in there, whether it's a blog or a podcast or even both. Please check them out. You know, a lot of good people involved in this. Uh, some really, really good stuff. So definitely check it out and, uh, you know, look for that hashtag SBTU or hashtag SuperBlogTeamUp as you go on Twitter. And uh, you'll find all the good stuff there as well. Thanks. Talk to you next time.